it's such a great privilege to be here today and uh, to hang out with you guys at One Heart. I must say, I got to meet your pastors a little while ago, and they are fantastic people. I think it's been uh, two or three years ago I met them, and Pastor Rob and Pastor Pauline are awesome people, and it's such a privilege to be here. Can you give it up for your pastors? They are such, such beautiful people. Beautiful, beautiful people. Here's the deal, right? I, I get to travel every now and again to visit churches, and many times you see people that have great gifting, and it's awesome seeing people with great gifting. But very rarely do you find pastors that really have a heart for their people and heart for their city. And your pastors have the heart for the city, but also heart for you. I've been spending the whole week with them, and they've been talking about you, talking about how much they love you, how much they care for you, how much they pray for you. So I want to encourage you. You have really, really great pastors in the house. You need to honor them. If you don't know that already, I'm letting you know you need to honor them. They're wonderful people. If you're new and you haven't got a church home, this is the best church home in Port Lincoln, I promise you. I have it, I have it on good authority. This is the place to be. So feel, feel free to have a chat to them at the end of the service and feel, make yourself at home right over here. Uh, but like I said, my name is Ade. I'm, I'm from Brisbane. Uh, from a church called IC Church in Brisbane, and uh, my senior pastor is Pastor Paul and Joe Geeling, and they were out of, um, they're from, oh, kind of from South Australia. They were initially based in Adelaide, and they moved to Brisbane, and uh, I'm only able to do what I do today because they've released me to do that, and I thank God for that. I am married. I have two beautiful children and a beautiful wife. You have that picture on there that you can put on the screen? <coughs> yeah, look at that. And they beautiful? Come on, I'm married up. Praise the Lord. Come on. In case you're wondering, that is me. I know you can't tell, but that is me, I promise. And this is my beautiful wife. Her name is Han. Uh, she's Vietnamese. She means she's Asian. And uh, we eat some crazy stuff in our house, but it's good. Uh, and I've got two beautiful children. Uh, my little boy is Perez. He's my firstborn. Uh, he's the son of my right hand. He's powerful and strong. Uh, on a good day, he's got an afro that is a killer afro. And he walks around the house roaring, so I call him my little lion. Because every time I see him, he's like, rah! I'm like, yes, my boy. Yes, my boy. And that over there is my little princess. Her name is Zara. She's two years old. Perez is four uh, very soon. Uh, Perez means breakthrough. Zara means arise and shine. And I had a prophetic word upon our lives. And I just really believe that if you can choose to praise God in the midst of any circumstance, that God will give you a breakthrough. And whenever you have a breakthrough, God will cause you to rise and shine. And so I figured that I would name my kids that so that whenever people come in contact with them, they can get a breakthrough or they can rise and shine in everything that God's called them to do. And they're in Brisbane. They're praying for you. I spoke to them this afternoon and my son was like daddy we went to church and you weren't there because you know my wife told them I was at work right and so they're like they went to the church this morning went where's daddy daddy's not here and my wife's like he's in Port Lincoln and they're looking at her go really where's Port Lincoln uh, but I spoke to them this morning um, afternoon rather and they prayed for you and believe in God to do some great things in the service they stretched out their hands on the screen and just said fire because that's how I teach them to pray fire that's all you need to say fire and God does some God does some great things, and uh, they wish they were here, but unfortunately they're not. And hopefully next time, if I get an invite back, I might be able to bring the whole family and get to meet them and hug them and hang out with them a little, which will be good. Uh, in case you're wondering, I have the most messed up accent you've ever heard in your life. Because I know some of you are going, where the heck are you from? I know I look the part. I am black, I promise you. 100% African. I'm not African-American. I am African. I originate from the correct continent. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, but I was born in Africa in a place called Kaduna, which is West Africa in this country called Nigeria. And uh, when I was about six months old, my parents decided to move uh, to the UK, which is great. And so I spent the first three years of my life in the UK. In fact, I learned to speak in the UK. So if you hear a little bit of British, that is that. If you hear a little bit of African, it's because I'm African. Um, and I moved to a place. From there, I moved back to Nigeria. And from there, we moved to a place called Papua New Guinea. Anybody familiar with New Guinea? Yep, and so we lived there for about five years, and I was audacious enough to ask my parents to send me to boarding school, and they obliged, and so they sent me to Brisbane, Australia to go to boarding school. I was 12 years old, and it was great, and I lived there on my own, independent me, <laughs> until they decided to move and join me, and so I've been in Australia for the last 20 years, and every now and again, I can go a little bit awkward, but not really. It doesn't, it doesn't really kind of work, but we'll go with it. So forgive the accent. I promise you it's going to be good tonight. I'm really believing God to do some great things. Are you good? Yeah. Awesome. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I need to tell you one more thing about myself. Now, I, I know you can't tell, but I'm an African preacher, which means I need a little bit of kind of talk back and a little bit of hollering. We call it holler, to holler. Anyone ever heard that, to holler? Yeah, so we need, I need you to holler back at me. So if I say something that is remotely good, I just need you to kind of say amen, hallelujah, clap your hands, dance if you could. You, if you feel free to kind of stand up and go, preach up, black man, I will take that. I will take whatever it is. Well, I promise, I'm good like that, man. I'm, I promise, I'm good like that. Just feel free to go, hey, preach up, black man. I'll be like, yeah, that's my man. Come on, let's do, let's go. And so feel free to do that. That will just encourage me, help me to finish on time so we can have some dinner. I've been told there's some curry. And I like a good curry. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, if you have a Bible here tonight, why don't you turn with me to the book of Luke? Let's have a look at the book of Luke. See what I did there? Dad joke, moving on. Um, <laughs> if you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Luke. We're going to read two, passage, uh, two verses, and we'll see what God wants to say tonight. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 and 10. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 and 10. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, but this is what it's, and this is what it says. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and to everyone who seeks, to him, uh, sorry, to everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Let me read it from the NLT because it's on the screen. So I, so I tell you, keep, uh, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Uh, tonight, I want to talk to you from the topic, ask for it. Can you say that with me this evening? To say, ask for it. Ask for it. One more time. In a big, loud voice. Oh, you're good. Come on. Ask for it. Holy Spirit, today I pray that you would speak through the slips of clay, the unsearchable riches of Christ. I pray, oh God, that you will say something this evening that will help a human soul. I pray, oh God, that you'll bring transformation, that God, you'll bring inspiration, you'll bring instruction, you'll bring empowerment in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask, oh God, that you would go through every aisle, go through every row, and begin to speak to every single soul. I thank you right now for victory on the left, victory on the right, victory behind, and victory in front. Lord, I pray that you would do something significant in this house in the mighty name of Jesus Christ will pray and if you believe that tonight would you shout amen amen amen, amen. ask for it I, I'm very fascinated by the book of Luke uh, in particular Luke chapter 11 if you're familiar with Luke chapter 11 you find that the disciples have come to the person of Jesus and they've come to him and asked him Jesus how do we pray 
How do we actually pray? How do we have effective, fervent prayer? How do we have prayer that actually demands something of heaven that we can receive something in our hands? And so Jesus begins to talk to them. You see, Jesus is a great communicator. I, I love Jesus. He's a great communicator. And I teach this because I'm a principal of a college, right? And so I teach this, that whenever you're going to communicate, you need to explain, you need to illustrate, and you need to apply. You need to explain it, you need to illustrate it, and you need to apply it. And I love that Jesus kind of thinks like that. Because when they come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, we need to know how to pray. Jesus, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to have effective prayer. I don't know how to change the world. I need something in sense of the pace of prayer. Jesus comes up to them and says, this is what you need to do. First of all, he explains it and says, you need to do this. You need to pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us deliver us not into temptation but from evil for yours is the glory the kingdom the power forever and ever amen Amen. and he begins to explain to them that this is how you pray but i love that he doesn't stop there that jesus goes from there and he uses an illustration and he says to them imagine if a man a friend came to a guy and said hey knocked on his door in the middle of the night and said would you give me three loaves of bread that the way he does that illustrates how you pray that you just need to keep on knocking on the door until your friend brings the bread for you and it begins to illustrate it and then it gets to the end and it goes hey but this is the deal this is not just the Ill- explanation this is not just the illustration but you need to apply it in your life and if you're going to apply prayer in your life you need to understand that prayer is about three things ask seek and knock That if we're actually going to pray effectively, we're going to pray powerfully, we need to make sure that we ask, we seek, and we knock. Are you still with me? And so tonight what I want to do is I want to break down those three words so that we understand effectively how to pray and receive the things that God wants for us in our lives. Amen? You still with me? Awesome. So if you've got a pen and paper, you've got an iPad, an iPhone, I don't like Samsung's because they're a sad song. Um, No, I'm teasing. I am teasing. I don't mind a sad song. They're not too bad. My first phone was a sad song. Anyway, moving on. But if, you got, if you're taking notes, feel free to just put on the page A-S-K. A-S-K. Ask. If you're going to pray effectively, the first thing you need to know is that you actually have to ask for it. You see, we, we have a misunderstanding in the Christian world that talk, prayer is talking to God. Uh, here's the reality. Prayer is talking to God, and it's, it, it's true, but it's not complete. Because the Bible tells us that if we, when we pray, that we should make a request unto God. James chapter 4 verse 2 puts it this way. You have not because you ask not. In other words, the reason we don't have what we want is because we haven't actually prayed about it. We haven't actually opened our mouth to ask. Uh, he, um, Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 puts it this way. Do not be anxious about anything, but in all things with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. If you want something from the Lord, you actually need to open your mouth and ask that if you want to receive something from God, if you want to pray effectively, if you want to have effective, fervent prayer, you need to be a person that can come up to God and say, Lord, I need this. Lord, I want this. Lord, I desire this. It is not enough for us to have a desire in our mind, to have a desire in our thoughts, to have a desire in our hearts. We need to be a bunch of people that kind of say, Lord, I want to ask you for it. I want to make my request known to you because I understand that you can do exceedingly, abundantly, but all that can ask think, and imagine. Here's the deal. God is able to do so much more in your life, but it requires you to actually open your mouth and ask. God wants to do so much in your life. God wants to do so much in your family. God wants to do so much in your business. God wants to do so much in your farm. God wants to do so much in your education, but God is waiting for you to open your mouth and simply just 
ask, just to say, Lord, this is what is on my heart. I'm going to proclaim it with my mouth. God, this is what I'm believing for. I'm going to proclaim it with my mouth. Lord, i got a desire on the inside of me, but right now I'm going to open my mouth so that you know exactly what I'm thinking, Lord. I'm going to open my mouth and ask. In the book of Mark, chapter 10, we hear the story it's about a wonderful guy called Blind Bartimaeus. Anybody know Blind Bartimaeus? Just wave at me if you know Blind Bartimaeus. The Bible says that Jesus came into town. He came into Jericho. But that preaches on its own. But he came into Jericho, and Blind Bartimaeus was there. And he heard about Jesus. And he heard that Jesus was in town. He, he couldn't see Jesus because he was Blind Bartimaeus. And he... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Now you're talking my language. He's blind by the mace, and he heard that Jesus was in town. And he begins to yell out, Raboni, 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 or Master, 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 have mercy on me. Master, 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 have mercy on me. And the Bible says that Jesus heard his cry. He heard. He heard, are you with me? He heard his cry. And Jesus said, blind Bartimaeus, come over here. And one blind man made has gone in front of Jesus. Jesus said to him, now I want you to catch this, this is crazy. Jesus said to him, Bartimaeus, what do you want? See, when I read it in the Bible, I was a little bit confused. He's blind, hello. Jesus, is there something wrong with you? He came to you like this, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus? 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 He, close, close. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> he comes to Jesus and he has no idea who Jesus is because he can't see. But Jesus kind of looks at him and says, Bartimaeus, what do you want? I, I have an idea of what you may want, but I need you to actually open your mouth so that I can know it. I need you to actually ask for it. Can I tell you tonight, church, we need to open our mouth and ask God when it comes to prayer. That it's not enough to have a thought. It's not enough to have an idea. It's not enough to have a, a dream or a desire. We need to open our mouth and say, God, I'm asking for this. Lord, I'm asking for my family. Lord, I'm asking for my marriage. Lord, I'm asking that my friend will get saved. Lord, I am asking. We need to open our mouth and ask. Can I go a little bit further? Did you notice the blind by the maze was specific? About what he wanted like he was blind he didn't have to ask for healing he could have asked for money because blind people in that day and age were poor they were broke you got to say it like that right you got to go broke <laughs> i'm having way too much fun this feels like home and so blind by the way is, is specific uh, and i've noticed over the years that if you really want to get something from god you actually need to be specific a couple of weeks ago, uh, I went to the shops, and on my way to the shops, I told my missus, I'm like, hey, miss, I'm going to the shop. I don't call her missus, I promise you. <laughs> I call her backhand slap. Um, <laughs> and all the women said, amen. <laughs> I said to her, I said, babe, I'm going to the shop. She looked at me and said, oh, honey, can you get me some bread? I'm like, awesome. So I go to the shops, I go to my local shopping center, it's called Mount Omni Shopping Center, and I get there, and I go to do my thing that I was going to do, I go back, and just before I leave the shopping center, I thought, oh, I was told to get bread, awesome. So I go to the local Woolies, and I jump into Woolies, and I get a loaf of bread, and I buy white bread. <laughs> some of you know where this is going. <coughs> I bought some white bread, and I came home. And I drove into the garage. The garage went up. My car went in. The garage came down. I stepped out of the car, and I've got a big smile on my face because I'm husband of the year. 
I got this. This is awesome. I have, I have gone out. I have done exactly what I was asked. I got bread. <laughs> and I came home, and I looked at her, and I'm expecting her to give me a big kiss, you know. This is going to go from PG to M. And I'm like, oh, hello. This is going to be fantastic. And I walk up the door, and I'm like, babe, I came back with bread. Where is my kiss and everything that goes with that? And she looked at me and went, you got the wrong bread. Thank you. And she's like angry at me and frustrated at me. And I look at her and I'm like, woman, she's not here tonight. <laughs> I'm like, woman, if you, wanted, if you wanted wholemeal bread, you should have said so. You should have been specific. Sometimes when it comes, oh, hello. <laughs> Sometimes when it comes to prayer, we need to be specific. It's not enough to ask God for a car. How about you go one step further and go, Lord, I want this particular kind of car. It's not enough to ask God for a good marriage. Kind of tell him what kind of good marriage looks like. It's not enough to ask God that your kids know Jesus. Begin to be specific about exactly when and how it's going to happen. We need to be specific with our prayer. We need to not just ask God for stuff, but we need to be specific and say, God, I want you to do this in my life. I want you to do it like this in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm believing for miracles to happen, and I want it to be this kind of miracle. Lord, I'm believing for new people in the church, and I'm believing for 10 new people in Jesus. We need to be specific in the name of Jesus. Can I go further? I, 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 to, I showed you pictures of my kids, right? They're beautiful. I've got the cutest kids on the planet. They're just like awesome and good looking and fine. Uh, have you guys heard of the Bonds, um, the Bonds baby search thing? I figured if I, I decided not to put my kids in it because I figured if I put my kids in it, they would just win. So I thought it would just not be fair for Australia. So I decided not to do it. <laughs> I'm teasing. I promise I'm teasing. But I've got two beautiful children and at the moment they're four and two. And I'm trying to teach them something called manners. Parents, help me out. Right? We've got, uh, we've got, because, you know, they're new age generation. My, my, or their grandfather, my dad, is so soft that he decided to buy them an iPad. I know, so soft. I was like, Daddy, you crazy. Um, and so, when they want their iPad or want something in the house, they just go and grab it. It's like I'm watching television and just grab the remote control and put it on ABC Kids. Hello. And I get a little bit frustrated at that. And so I say to them, you need to use manners. If you want something, you have to say something. You've got to say please. Because there's a way to ask for stuff, and there's a way to ask for stuff. That you can ask in one way that is incorrect, and you can ask in a way that is correct. Can I suggest to you tonight that there's a way to ask from God that is correct? And there's a way to ask from God that is not correct. And Mark chapter 11, 24 puts it like this. Whatever you ask for, believe that you have received it, and it is yours. In other words, what Mark is trying to tell us is that if you're going to ask God correctly, you need to ask in faith. You need to ask in faith. So it's not about just opening your mouth. It's not about just being specific. If you're going to ask God correctly, you've got to ask in faith. You've got to be in this position where you say, I believe that I'm going to receive exactly what I ask for. I believe that I'm going to receive some rain for my farm. I believe that I'm going to receive some money in my account. I believe that I'm going to receive a spouse in my life. I believe that I'm going to receive a house in my world. I believe that I'm going to receive everything that I ask for because it's not just about asking specifically. It's not just about asking with my mouth wide open. It's about asking in faith. And if we would ask in faith, God says, I will give it to you. You need to simply ask for it. Are you still with me tonight? If you're good, say amen. If it's good, say amen. amen. We need to ask. We need to ask correctly. 
We need to ask specifically. We need to ask with our mouths wide open, saying, God, this is exactly what I need you to do. I'm making a request of you. Lord, would you do this in my world? The first thing we need to do, we're going to pray effectively, is we need to actually ask for it. The second thing we need to do is we need to seek. A-S. Somebody knows what the last K is. Come on. You need to seek. I, I, I love it. King Solomon says this, it is the glory of a king to conceal a matter, and it is the glory of kings to find it. In other words, sorry, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, it's the glory of kings to find it. And what he's trying to tell us is this, that sometimes when we pray to God, that God always answers our prayers, but sometimes he hides our prayers, hides, sorry, hides the answer. Let's see if I can put this into terms. It's like somebody, I have a lot of young adults in our church, and it looks like this. They come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm praying for a job. I'm specific about the kind of job that I want. I'm like, amen, brother. Uh, I'm specific about the kind of uh, income I'm going to get. I'm like, amen, brother. Uh, I'm specific, and I've kind of told God exactly how it's going to be. I've went up to him. I've asked correctly. I'm asking in faith, and I'm like, yes, so good. And then I look at them and say, so are you looking for a job? And they go, no, I've just been playing the Xbox. I'm thinking, hello. You ask God for something, you might as well go and seek for it. Jump on seek.com. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm here every Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> but you actually need to ask for it. Can I talk to the young people in the house? You're praying for a spouse. You might need to kind of take a young lady out and go, hello, how are you? My name is, can I get your number, please? Let's go for coffee. You got to go seeking. Are you still with me? It's not enough to ask the question. It's not enough to ask God for stuff. You've got to partner with God and begin to seek for the answers yourself. At some point, it's not enough to simply say, God, do this in my life. You've got to do something yourself that's going to partner with God to see that thing become a reality in your life. Uh, the story is told in 1 Kings 18 about Elijah. The Bible says that Elijah begins to pray for rain. And he's praying and praying and praying. He's not just praying for any kind of rain, but he's praying for a rainstorm to come. And he begins to send his servant out into the bush, so to speak, and says, hey, go to the ocean's edge. I prayed for rain. Can you see if it's here? What I love about Elijah is this, that he didn't just ask for rain, but he sent someone to go seeking if there was rain. Can I tell you tonight that if you're going to have an effective prayer life, it is not just enough to ask God for some stuff. At some point, you're going to have to seek it out and begin to look for it and go, God, is this it? God, is this it? God, is this it? Oh, Lord, I'm praying for an open opportunity. Lord, is this it? Is that the door? No, it's not. Lord, is it this one? Is that the door? Lord, is it this one? No. Oh, you need to open your eyes and begin to look for it and say, God, I am seeking what I've prayed for. I've been believing for a car. Lord, is this the one with a discount? Hello. I'm believing God for a spouse. Lord, is she the one? Hello. Lord, I've been believing God for a house. Lord, is this the house? Amen. You need to open your eyes and begin to seek for it. It is not enough to ask for it. In church tonight, I want to encourage you. If you're going to have an effective prayer life, if your prayer is going to shake heaven and make sure the earth is multiplied to what God wants on it, you need to not only pray, but you need to not only ask, but you need to go seeking for it. You need to seek for it. Can I please have the band up? We're not going to go long because I want to do something else. You need to ask for it. You need to seek it out. And finally, you need to knock. You need to knock. Somebody say knock. Can you say it like a minute tonight? Say knock. Oh, that was good. Knock. 
If we're going to have an effective prayer life, it is not just about asking for it. It is not just about seeking for it. We actually need to knock. Now, what do I mean by that? Back in the old days, before there were doorbells, people would go visit someone in their house and they would actually knock on the door. And you could tell a lot about whoever was coming to your house by how they knocked on the door. So when I go visit my mom and dad, I have a special knock that when I knock on the door, mom and dad know it's me. And if someone knocks on the door and it's not my knock, they don't open the door. And my, special, my, my parents are special. <laughs> right? And everyone's got a knock. So you have knocks that look something like this. Some people knock like this. Ouch. Some people knock like this. Everyone's got a different kind of knock. Are you still with me? But have you noticed that nobody knocks once? Nobody comes to the door and just go. It's like, what was that? Did a bat run into the building? Flipping heck, what was that? Was that a dog or a cat? What the heck was that? That's not a knock. If you're going to knock on the door, you actually have to kind of go. Ouch. Because there's something about knocking that's repetition or repetitive. Knocking is not just a once-off action. It's a repetitive action. I like to put it this way, that when it comes to prayer, many times there's not just a one-off action. It's a repetitive action. You got to do it again and again and again and again and again and again. Over and over and over and over again until God actually does what you ask for. In the old church, we used to put it like this. You need to push. We used to say, you need to push. You need to pray until something happens. You need to pray until something happens. A little while back, I noticed that we, like I told you, I've got a three-year-old kid and he's fantastic. But a little while back, I, I realized that we have a, a Wiggles addict in the house. Anybody familiar with the show, The Wiggles? Yeah, I am too. I realized we had a Wiggles addict in the house. And the reason I found this out and realized this was because I was driving to the way to work. And I found myself singing, do the propeller, do the propeller, around and around, do the propeller. And I was like, and I got into the office and we're having a staff meeting on a Tuesday morning. And my senior pastor is trying to have a conversation with all of us. And I'm there just going. And he's like, Addex, you need to stop that. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing the propeller. <laughs> do the propeller, do the propeller around and around. Do the propeller, do. And I'm, I'm just like, oh gosh, this is annoying. This got to stop. This has to stop. So I got home and I said to my wife, I said, Han, we have an addict in the house. And she's like, we, we do? <laughs> yeah, we do. His name is Perez. He's a Wiggles addict. I, I have, I've got a plan. She said, what's your plan? I said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go cold turkey. <laughs> uh, all the parents are like, you idiot. Yes. <laughs> yes, be the idiot. And so I said to my wife, we're going to go cold turkey. She's like, are you sure about this? 
Have you heard from the Lord? I'm like, I don't need to hear from Jesus in this. That brother needs to not hear Wiggles anymore. Wiggles are not allowed in our house. We're never going to play that again if it's all over. No, Wiggles is banned from this house. I'm the man of this house. I have spoken. <laughs> yeah. Amen. So I looked at my little kid. He's about two years old at the time. And they teach you this. Like all the modern parents, you know what I'm talking about. They teach you this. But you've got to come to their level. Right? Because when, when I was a kid, my parents never came to my level. They just told me straight. Like, you do this. And if I wasn't quick enough, it was a backhand. Anyway. And so I, I came down to his level. Come down to his level. You know, I should get up here and do it so you can see me. I come down to his level. I'm like, Perez is like, yes, dad. I'm like, I want to tell you something. He's like, what? I'm like, first of all, I need you to know daddy loves you. And he's like, okay. Like, how much does daddy love you? He's like, I'm like, yes. Big much. Awesome. Second thing I need you to know, from today on, we're never watching Wiggles in this house. He looked at me, had a strange look in his face, and he's like, okay. And I thought, wow, this is quick. This is awesome. He's a smart kid. He's a smart cookie. He's got this back down. He's got this. And so I left him and went, awesome. Got rid of the Wiggles. That was fantastic. 20 minutes later, Daddy Wiggles, because, you know, the Wiggles do that. So it's Daddy I'm like, Perez, you didn't get it. Let me try again. Um, we're not doing Wiggles anymore in the house. Wiggles is over. It is finished. Finish. Over. Done. Any other language? Complete. Sorted. Done. He looks at me again 10 minutes later. Daddy, Wiggles. I'm like, okay, one more time. Three times the charm, right? Come back down. Perez, no more Wiggles. I get up, Daddy Wiggles, Daddy Wiggles, Daddy Wiggles, Daddy Wiggles, and then it went from Daddy Wiggles to Daddy Wiggles, and there was tears coming down his eyes, and I thought they were crocodile tears, like fake tears, and I looked closer, and it was actually real tears, and he's yelling, and we live in a townhouse, right, so in other words, we have neighbors right behind us. And he was so loud, I thought someone was going to call the cops because there was a problem. And I looked at him and said, if you're going to keep quiet and shut up, I'm going to give you some wiggles. He looked at me and said, okay, dad. What am I trying to say here? Sometimes we need to have the faith of a, of a toddler. Sometimes we need to be like a toddler to God and come to him and say, God, I just need this. Lord, 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 I, until God actually makes it happen, I'm going to keep on knocking. I'm going to keep on knocking. I'm going to keep on knocking, knocking, knocking. I'm going to keep on asking. I'm going to keep on seeking. I'm going to begin asking and seeking until it happens because what God does and what God says is that I am able to do everything that you ask, everything that you ask. I'm able to do it in your life. If we're going to pray effectively, we need to make sure that we're asking correctly. We need to make sure that we're opening our mouth and asking of God. We need to make sure that we're seeking. But finally, we need to make sure that we're actually knocking. You say, Pastor Addy, why would you preach a message like that? Very simple. This morning, I read to you from my favorite passage of scripture. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can A-S-K. Above all that you can ask. 
And I just have a sense in my spirit that God has wanted to do some great things in this church. And what he's wanting you to understand and to know from the very get-go is this. That first of all, he's powerful enough to do anything. Put it another way, that God is actually able. But the second thing he wants you to do is he wants you to begin to ask him for some audacious things. He wants your faith level to be so high to say, I'm going to believe him for this miracle and that miracle and this thing and that thing. So what we're going to do, for the next few moments, we're going to stand to our feet. Come on, would you join me this morning or tonight? And we're going to turn this meeting into a quick prayer meeting just for a little second. Because I really feel there's a couple of things that I just feel like I'll put on my heart that we need to pray for for this house. Is that all right? Are you good? You still love me? I'm the crazy uncle from out, out of town. Come on, why don't you lift your hands to heaven before we pray? Come on, just lift your hands to heaven. That's it. Come on, with every hands lifted up, that's it. Yeah. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more time. what we're going to do. We're going to pray for three things, and we're going to pray for it for 30 seconds. Now, if you're a visitor in this house, just indulge us for a moment. We just really believe in the power of prayer and the power of God. And we're going to spend 30 seconds to pray for three different things. And here's what it is. It's corporate prayer. It means I'm not necessarily going to lead it from the front. It's all about the microphone. It's about all of us joining our faith together to believe in this house. See, I love the name of this church. It's called One Heart. All of us together with one heart and one accord are going to believe for the miracles that God is going to do in this place. Are you with me? We believe in the vision. We believe in the pastor. We believe in the leadership. And as a result of that, we're going to come into agreement in prayer and say, God, you're going to do this and do that in this place. Are you with me tonight? Come on, if you're with me, just clap your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. See, the first thing we're going to pray for is this. We're going to pray there's going to be an overflow to new people coming. There's just going to be a flood of new people coming to this place. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put 20 seconds on the clock. If you've got a prayer language, feel free to use it. If you don't have one, just thank God for stuff. If you don't know what to pray, just pray God. We believe for new people, new people from different ethnicity, from different parts of the world, just new people to come into this place. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? 
Awesome. Your time starts now. Come on, let's pray for some new people. Hold on. Hallelujah. Father God, right now we pray for some new people in the house, oh God. We pray for new visitors, oh God. We pray for souls, oh God. We pray for people to step out of darkness and step into the marvelous light, oh God. We pray, God, you bring back the wayward daughter and the wayward son. We pray, oh God, that this will be a house of soul winning in the name of Jesus. New visitors, new people coming in in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, would you give the Lord a mighty shout of praise? God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for new people, oh God. We give you glory for new people. We worship you for new people. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Now, this is the second thing we're going to pray for. We're going to pray for finances. I've got the opportunity to listen over the last couple of days to the vision of this house. And I love it. But here's, before I came, I felt like God told me that this church needs money to do what God has called them to do. I've been praying for you that God will supernaturally send some money. I've been praying that supernaturally some of you will become richer than you've ever become and you're going to sow into the house of God. My team have been praying, believing that there's going to be an expansion of finances in this house. So together we're going to believe for the next 20 seconds that there's going to be enough money in the house to get the job done. Are you with me? Come on. Are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, come on. Let's pray. Let's pray. That's it. Let's go. Oh, no, no. Hallelujah. Father God, tonight we pray for finances in this house. We pray for everybody in this room, oh God. I pray that supernaturally you would increase their finances, oh God. I pray supernaturally you make them richer than they've ever thought before. I pray, God, you may cause them to be obedient to soul in the house of the Lord. I pray for one heart, oh God. I pray they would have enough money to achieve the dream, to achieve the vision in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for supernatural wealth in this house in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, can we thank him for that? Can we thank the Lord? Hallelujah, God, we thank you. God, we honor you. God, we man, we worship you. We're so glad for the finances in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The last thing we're going to pray for is this. I just have the sense that this is a house of miracles. Anybody feel that? That this is a house of miracles. And we're going to pray that there's going to be healings and supernatural miracles that will take place. That there will be signs and wonders. And this is the phrase I want you to use. The people would come to the church and say, surely there is a God in Port Lincoln. Surely God lives in Port Lincoln. Come on, for the next 20 seconds, can you pray with me for miracles to break out in this place? For healings to break out in this place? For revival to break out in this place? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we pray for miracles to break out in this place, oh God. Supernatural miracles, supernatural power, supernatural healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, blow our minds, oh God. Lord, would you do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask, think, and imagine according to the power 
that is a work within us in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Can I just have the keys? No drums, just the keys. Thank you. Sorry, bro. Just the keys. That's it. Awesome. You see, I kind of cheated and lied to you. Because Mark, uh, sorry, Luke 11 doesn't end that way. Luke 11 kind of ends at this position where he talks about asking, he talks about seeking, he talks about knocking. And then Jesus makes this statement and says, if you would ask your Father in heaven, he has got the Holy Spirit available that he wants to give you. In other words, the ability to pray is not wrapped up in what you can say, but who empowers you. And so what we're going to do for the next few moments is this. If you're here in this place and you say, Lord, I want a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, 